uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, it's alive. A gigantic beast stalking the earth, crushing all before it in a cyclonic cavalcade of electrifying horror, raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Incredible titan of terror. Wiping out a city of six million in a holocaust of flame. Jet planes cannot destroy it. Bombs cannot kill it. All modern weapons fail. Is this the end of our civilization? Can the scientists of the world find a way to stop this creature? For the answer, see Godzilla, king of the monsters. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. A tale to stun the mind. More fantastic than any ever written by Jules Verne. More terrifying than any ever shown on the screen. Awesome. Incredible. Unbelievable. A story beyond your wildest dreams. Dynamic violence. Savage action. Spectacular thrills. Godzilla, king of the monsters. Fantastic beyond comprehension. Gripping beyond compare. Astounding beyond belief. The mightiest monster of them all. See Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I'll toss you. Heads for King Kong. Tails. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers. And welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Planet 8. This episode, we're going to take a deep dive into one of our favorite monsters, Kaiju, is all I have to say, and you're going to guess, yes, Godzilla. Straight away, we're going to Take it up to our, or over to our resident Godzilla expert, Chief Engineer Bob. Chief, take it away. Well, thanks. Um, obviously, I like Godzilla. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I Godzilla'd up my background a little more than usual. And uh, I also brought a mascot. So let me get him over here. There we go. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. I think Hedora is going to sit here and help me out on this moment. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, Godzilla. Um, you know, for me, obviously, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, Godzilla is sort of my center of all my geeky stuff. So uh, we've resisted doing a, well, we actually, we did an episode on Godzilla King of the Monsters when that came out. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, this is kind of our first Godzilla-centric episode. Oh, yes. We thought we'd kind of keep it light. I mean, if you want to know 
how Godzilla was created or how he was designed or the whole, all that, go to Google, <laughs> media or whatever, check out other podcasts I've been on or whatever, and you can hear all that. So today we're just going to kind of share our love for Godzilla. And uh, I'll kick it off. Um, my first Godzilla movie that I ever saw was Mothra versus Godzilla, or at the time it was known as Godzilla versus the Thing, and uh, it's always been my favorite Godzilla film. So I guess that kind of means it was all downhill from there. But <laughs> uh, in a friend's house, and he had previously introduced me to a movie called The Fly, that got me into all this geek culture, and so. He was like, oh, there's a movie on today. You just got to see. All right. So he went in, turned on his TV, and it was Godzilla versus The Thing. And I was immediately hooked. I thought, God, this is so great. And I had been watching Ultraman for maybe a year before that. Because mm -hmm. it was on Chemo Channel 20 here in San Francisco in 1967. So um, I kind of, yeah, I was already into monster stuff and giant monsters destroying buildings but this kind of took it up a notch and had me hooked from the beginning so uh from there i went on a crazy trail i'm sure i'll talk about it as a crazy trail of magazines websites talks shows collecting the whole thing so um yeah it was pretty much godzilla for me the whole time so how about you guys? What was your first exposure to Godzilla? Walker, why don't you take it? I'll go in after you. I'm trying to think. Yes, and I'm thankful for Godzilla in this season of thankfulness. I yes. will say thankful for Godzilla. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. It's, it's either one or two movies, and I can't remember which one came first. So when I was a kid growing up uh, in in more this central coast region of California, but we would get all those uh, LA stations and KTLA channel five um, on the weekends would generally show monster movies. And so that's how I became acquainted with Godzilla was through that channel. And it was two films that stick out in my head as my initial experience with Godzilla. Don't know which came first, but they, they are, indelibly printed on my brain and that's uh king kong versus godzilla so that was a big one because i had already experienced king kong so then it was like oh well king kong's in this i have to see it and then it was like oh, oh wow there's like two giant monsters knocking over buildings and like they have you know and it was like what's wrong with King Kong? But it was like, it was still really cool, you know, to see Godzilla. It was like, oh, he's a giant dinosaur. And then the other one is Monster Zero. It was called Monster Zero when they showed it, right? And then it was like, oh, there's a whole bunch of monsters, right? And so I don't think I saw the original Godzilla, well, the American version of Godzilla um, for maybe, maybe another couple of years. So my my thought process always connects Godzilla with other monsters um, because all the movies I saw when they were showing these 
you know, on KTLA, it was like, or like Bob said, you know, Mothra, oh, he's with Mothra, or he's with Rodan, or he's with, so I always felt like in my head, there's, he had this whole um, um, pantheon of, of other monsters that he hung out with, right? So I didn't really see him as like a solo guy, per se. I mean, he kind of was the lone wolf, you know, he started out as sort of the bad guy, and then he became sort of like the anti-hero um, in the seventies kind of, but yeah, I always saw him in connection with all the other monsters when I was thinking about him as a kid. Um, so that was kind of my initial impression, like, but he was like the baddest of the bad. He, you know, you knew he was like, oh, he's the top guy really. Um, even with like Ghidra and everything, it's like, yeah, he's really tough, but Godzilla will find a way to to beat him. So that was always my kind of my thought process about him. Hmm. Well, for me, uh, you know, before Star Wars, before Star Trek, yes, even Star Trek, um, wow. right around the same time, you know, I, I would read some of the Spider-Man comic books. And so I was familiar with the rogues gallery, you know, mm -hmm. Spider-Man had the rhino, the scorpion, and, you know, uh, Batman had his rogues. And so my first Godzilla movie, um, God, five or six years old, around about that age, was the first Godzilla. And I remember how upset I was. Um, you know, th this the death of Godzilla in in the the Steve Martin version. And let us be thankful for Steve Martin as well as Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the American version of of the original Godzilla had the oxygen destroyer. And and I, you know, I, I cried as, as hard as I did when Dumbo uh, was rocked and cradled in his mother's trunk when, when Bambi was running from the hunter. And spoiler alert, it, his mother gets shot. Um, Godzilla dying at the end. And then it was a definitive death. Uh, you know, again, spoiler alert, it's it's no skin, just bones <laughs> at the bottom of the bay. Um, that was my first... Godzilla with God bless her. My mother would, would expose me to all these science fiction and monster things. And, you know, uh, it wasn't creature features though. I want to say it was like the three thirty movie on channel seven in the San Francisco Bay area could have been dialing for dollars. I don't, I don't recall, but my second movie with Godzilla was the smog monster. Mm -hmm. And I asked my mom, I had these short pants. I asked her for suspenders and, and a, bright pair of socks and I would wear these shorts and I would run up and down the block yelling Godzilla or Ghidra or, you know, whoever, as though I was the, the, the lad in the film, you know, either running towards Godzilla or away from. Um, one of the cool things with the smog monsters, I remember distinctly the kid playing with a Godzilla toy at, at the park. I think he slid him down a slide or maybe had him, in a sandcastle or something like that. And uh, look, you could go to the Toys R Us, local Toys R Us or KB Toys or uh, King Norman's Kingdom of Toys and you can get a Batman figure or a G.I. Joe figure, but you could not find a Godzilla figure. I'm sure Bob will, will get more into, you know, we we discovered Japantown out in San Francisco. And, and like I said, well, you see Bob's background is monster garage he, he has quite a collection but anyway that was my my first impression and exposure to the king of the monsters and i've been in love he, 
Godzilla is my first exposure and love into the genre. Um, before Superman, before, like I said, all the other genres, it was Godzilla. And so uh, I am very thankful for uh, Godzilla this Thanksgiving season and all year long. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, I think back to like the first time I saw Monster Zero. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I didn't say Godzilla versus Ghidra or whatever. It's just Monster Zero. I, what is Monster Zero? I have no idea. So right. I was watching that, and suddenly, you know, the leader of Planet X to, says, I give you Monster Zero, and he pressed the button, the screen comes up, and here comes Ghidra, like, flying over the uh, <laughs> the hills of uh, Planet X with all the heads going everywhere and just beams coming out, lightning shooting everywhere, and I was thinking, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> I still think it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And that's kind of my complaint on the newer Ghidras, whether it's the legendary CG one or, you know, even Toho's Ghidras in like the nineties and things. It doesn't have that kind of frenetic, you know, craziness to it. Bob, I want to say I hit puberty when I saw that scene for the first time. (laughs) It was just so amazing. Might've been Kumazuna on the other scenes. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, Channel 2, Bob Wilkins, Creature Features, they, he had quite a few of the, uh, of the Godzilla films, the most, most of the real classics, but, um, yeah, he would show Godzilla versus the Thing, he would show Godzilla versus Smog Monster, and, you know, quite a few different ones. The one that really amazed me was Destroy All Monsters. And oh, yeah. Stay, you know, I, I stayed up, it was like on Channel 5 at, like, two in the morning, three in the morning. <laughs> this is the days before VCR. So right. Stay up. Or you had to set an alarm and wake up and watch it. And, uh, I, I didn't know what it was. I knew it was a Godzilla film and I knew it was monsters. It had monsters in the title. And suddenly here it comes and it's, Godzilla and Rodan and Mothra and Minya and Anguirus and all these are I'm like, holy crap, it's like a <laughs> big smorgasbord of monsters. That was one of those movies that the next day at school. Yeah. Know, next Monday, everybody was like, Did you see Destroy All Monsters? And <laughs> there was the one, there was a big snake and then that spider and the, the, and everybody had and you're sort of acting it out on the playground and everything. It was just oh, like I, I went to school with my shorts uh, and my suspenders that Monday. I was very popular. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know Destroy All Monsters big. Uh Smog Monster was just a trip, literally. People. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still love that theme song, Save the World. Yeah. Yoshimitsu Bano, who was the director of the film. Tomoyuki Tanaka, who was who had produced all the Godzilla films up to that point, was in the hospital when that was being made. Oh. So Bono pretty much had carte blanche to do do, do whatever he wanted. And uh, when Tanaka came out of the hospital and saw the film, he said, You'll never work for Toho again. <laughs> but the thing about Yoshimitsu Bano is years, years, years later, somehow he got the rights from Toho to do a sequel to Smog Monster. 
<laughs> and he was shopping it around specifically as an IMAX feature for the mm. United States. And he talked to all the different, all the studios and everything else, couldn't interest, interest anyone. Finally, Legendary took him up on it, but then Legendary said, well, you know, we'll go back and we'll we'll start with Godzilla and then we'll work our way, you know. So, so actually, if it wasn't for Yoshimitsu Bano, we would not have the whole Legendary Monsterverse that we have today. Mm-hmm. In fact, just before recording this podcast, Monarch, Leg- uh, Legacy of Monsters, started on Apple TV+. And even though Bono passed away like years ago, it says executive producers and it has his name on there. Yoshimitsu. It's out of respect to the fact that he got them the license, basically. I wonder, is his estate getting any money? (laughs) I did. I think it's more of a uh, little nod and a thank you. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just discovering the movies as you go along. uh, Godzilla Raids, again, back then known as Gigantus, a fire monster, was almost like a lost film in the Bay Area. It's like nobody had it. Nobody showed it. It I didn't see that until it actually came out on VHS. Mm. In fact, uh, a friend of mine, Kip Dotto, was out here from Florida and he had an audio cassette of the movie. Ah. We'd never seen it before. So we're driving around, you know, sightseeing, whatever. And I had my I had it in my car stereo at the time. And so we were listening to it. I had heard the whole movie before I ever saw it. Uh-huh. It was, and it's actually okay, because if you ever watch the English dub of Godzilla Raids again, every little bit, every little thing that happens is like completely, na- it's almost like a radio show, that like you're watching a radio show, because they describe every detail. So I always said I wanted to just kind of edit it down into a, a, like a radio show and see how it would come out. But. You know, that's that's a good point. Other than whatever movie was on TV, either, you know, dialing for dollars, creature features. Um, you know, this was before Betamax, VHS. So I've, I've talked about this before. If something was coming on TV and I fell asleep or I didn't wake up, I thought I'd, I'd never watch it or be able to watch it again. <laughs> Because there was no physical media. There was no, it was just, you know, television, unless there was a rerun or something or a repeat. So when 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 the VCRs started, you know, coming out, these videotapes were like 60, 70, 80 dollars. So we would try to rent, you know, what we could. But Godzilla movies were very, very hard to come by. Um I don't know if they're still in business or not, but I, I won't, I will not name names, but there was a shop that we would go to and and we'd buy bootleg VHS tapes of Godzilla movies. And um, they weren't dubbed. They weren't subtitled. You, you just watch the Japanese version of the film and you got the gist of it after a while. You know, there was always going to be a love story. There was always going to be some kind of form of loss, sense of revenge and, you know, Godzilla and company then, wreak terror on whatever town they go through. But th- there was, there was dark times for us Godzilla fans for many, many years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would basically, you know, every Sunday morning, the uh, San Francisco Chronicle, the date book would come out 
the pink section. The pink yeah. section, that's right. Pink section that have all, you know, entertainment news and movies and everything else. And then you get to the TV listings. And then I go through all the TV listings and circle all the monster movies that are on for the week. <laughs> Every once in a while, they have a little picture of one of them. And so, you know, I would sit there and clip out little, any kind of, anytime they had a little picture of Godzilla or something. And that's kind of what started my collection was TV guide, newspaper, you know, clipping photos out, putting them in a book and stuff. But, uh, you know, Larry mentioned about how hard it was to get figures and things. And it's like really the first thing that came out here in the United States was a Godzilla game from Mattel. And then there was, well, there was also a, uh, I think it was a, like a Parker Brothers Godzilla game. Milton Bradley, something like that. Might have been Parker Brothers. The game, and then was the uh, the Mattel Shogun Warrior Godzilla. That was it. That and I begged my mother, and you know, boy, that was awesome. You did did you figure. Did you get it? I did. We we went to King Norman's Kingdom of Toys down at Eastmont Mall. Thank God for King Norman. Oh man, you know, and um, you know she couldn't figure out why his fist would fly off, and I I didn't care. I was like, oh. <laughs> he got promoted to a Shogun warrior, and she also got me. Um, was it Poseidon? Uh, forgive me, I, I don't know how else to describe it. This this Shogun warrior had nipples that shot out like missiles. <laughs> As as many do, and and so I got him later on down the road as well, and so that he would fight uh, he, Godzilla would fight the Shogun War. His nipples exploded with delight. <laughs> so I had the Shogun Warriors. I had like you know, it was Raiden and Mazinger and uh, Get a Robo. Well, they call him Dragon and uh, Guy King, Dengar Ace. Oh, no, Daimos. Anyway, I had all those. Yeah, and I don't It came out. It was, that was really cool. And then shortly after that, they did one of Rodan. Yes, I didn't get Rodan, though. And I, I wish I did. And then I got into some phase where I sold off all my anime stuff. And I sold off, like, my American toys. I just kept the Japanese stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of it I regret. I should have kept all those jokes. <laughs> And all the Godaiken toys and things. But I got good money for all of them. So, yeah. You know, did, did either of you get the Godzilla comic book from yes. Marvel? Still have it. Mm -hmm. I did, yeah. They're coming out with a collected omnibus of the Godzilla comic. It's either out or it will be out uh, oh, pretty soon. That would be cool. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I remember like Shield Dum Dum Dugan was in one of the issues. Right, he was like leading the group against trying to either capture Godzilla or whatever they were trying to do with him. It was yeah. weird that they actually brought the the Marvel universe into the Godzilla universe, but you know why not? Right? Yeah, they had the license, so yeah, they had the champions fight Godzilla at one point. Yeah, so. it was it was a good little series. I'll have to look for that. Yeah. Hey, something I something I didn't know, which yeah. I learned just doing a little reading around, and you guys probably knew this because you're big Godzilla fans. Um, 
Because, like, thinking about the Godzilla comic book, he is colored green in the comic book. A lot of the toys, he is green. But reading around, he is actually, like, the suits and everything, he's actually charcoal gray. And I didn't really realize that. I guess I'm going to have to go back and really watch the films. But I guess in my brain, I've always thought, oh, he's he's like a dark green. Why? It's like, why do we assume he's that color? Just because of the toys, maybe? It's like, it's... I don't know. Uh, but he also had like the old monster times and things where they tint him green. Mm-hmm. Lobby cars, he'd be tinted green once a Yeah. Um, one, excuse me, one item that uh, came out before the Shogun Warrior that I should not have forgotten was the Aurora model kit of Godzilla. Oh, that's right. Was he green on the box for that? I think he was molded in green. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. So if you didn't, if you didn't paint him, then uh, yeah, he was green. But uh, Godzilla was actually green in Godzilla two thousand. So the later movies, they... Just Godzilla 2000 and Megaguirus. Just those two movies. What yeah. about the legendary films? Because for some reason, my brain thinks he's green in those. But was he actually green no, or was like he... gray. Hmm. So. He had... Now, in, in the uh, Megaguirus, there was like a little purple on his um, fins. Oh, yeah. Godzilla 2000, he was like... That suit was green with the purple fins. I bought a planter where you could put a little plant Ooh. in Godzilla's back. Purple fan. And he's he's like, uh, this is actually black. Hmm. So you put some succulents back there. Yeah. And you yeah, there were, there were other toys that came out. Let me let me grab something. One moment. While Bob grabs something from the back of his monster room. Dun, 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 dun. Something very green. Actual play set that came out. <laughs> All I have left are the figures, but it was a whole like a play mat, and they had like buildings and tanks and things you could set up. And it was Godzilla. Oh my goodness, that's mm-hmm. bright. Versus the Trifibian monster. <laughs> and, oh my goodness. Uh, it was a made up thing. They also had a puzzle. With Godzilla fighting the Trifidian monster. You know, wasn't the animated Godzilla, or maybe Godzuki was green? Godzuki was very green. Yeah. I think I think they were both green though, weren't they? If, if uh, I remember. Godzilla was represented over here by Henry G. Saperstein, so maybe it was Saperstein that uh compromised. <laughs> How green was my Godzilla? That Violante uh, poster in the back, Bob, that makes him look green. Or maybe it's just the that, Violante orange that kind of pops the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's green in that poster. But that's more of lighting and tint. But, but yeah, in the 90s, the Heisei films, they did like an art poster before, you know, before the regular posters came out. And that was the art poster for uh, Violante. And... Uh, those posters are really cool. That's well, I, banner. I, have, I have like four or five of those banners, like behind the shelves behind me on the that I'm in a garage and behind these shelves is a garage door that used to open. And I had the banners on the garage door. I'd open the garage door and it would come over the top. Hmm. 
you could see all the banners, but mm-hmm. uh, I have since disabled the garage door. And uh, so those are just, I don't know. Someday if I ever take these shelves down, I can get to the banners and pull them out. But maybe not. Maybe they'll just stay back there forever and rot. How no, do you... No. Don't let the banners rot. All right. Do you guys like Godzilla best as like like an evil Godzilla, as an anti-hero, as sort of the friendly Godzilla, as a force of nature? What's your what's sort of your favorite take? Well, growing up, sort of my prime time Godzilla was the one in the seventies, which he was more of a superhero. He was big at that time, thanks to like Ultraman, Mirror Man, all these different superheroes that were on TV. And so Godzilla kind of became a superhero. I kind of like him sort of ambiguous, where you don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, or maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's not so much protecting us, but he's protecting his territory. Um, You know, so that would mainly be from like Ghidra through... Maybe destroy all monsters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I recall the the Godzilla. He uh, from the seventies. He couldn't talk, but he'd mime really <laughs> well. So before a fight, he'd he'd kind of start flicking his nose. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he's happy. <laughs> um, but I remember talking. He's talking to Jet Jaguar, and yeah, Jet Jaguar like. <laughs> it was like, and they were having this, and here's a little kid with this, oh, Godzilla's going to go after Megalon. And I'm like, how did he, you know, but, um, it, and, you know, it, it got a little comical sometimes, some of the things Godzilla could do in these films um but yeah the 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 latter half of the 70s films i loved but biolante is by far my favorite godzilla film and my favorite godzilla look and you know for my money him coming out of that volcano and they thought they killed him in in 1984 Right. But he comes out of that volcano and the volcano's blowing and he's pissed and the music's playing and people are running. Oh, I'm going to go have a second puberty here in a minute. If I talk too much about this film. <laughs> are you like him a little on the the mean side? I do. Like, you know, you messed with me, pal. Oh, OK, <laughs> I'm going to get to you after I finish killing this big rose. But but my wrath is coming. Don't I didn't forget about you electrocuting me with your little you know tanks and stuff. Yeah, I think I'm sort of in between the two of you. I like Godzilla a little bit as uh, sort of unknowable, sort of that. Yeah, you know, is he going to help us? Is he going to destroy us? Like he has his own motivations. We don't really know exactly what they are. He's he's definitely cranky and you don't he, wanna, he has a temper. Yeah, you don't want to upset him, but sometimes his motivations align with, you know, what the people want. Sometimes they go a different way and you just we can't really understand 
what it is that he's, you know, necessarily doing. So well, there, there was another uh, there was another version of Godzilla that I got excited about where his he had no pupils. It was just white eyes. All out attack monsters, all out attack. Was that what it was, Bob? Do you recall? It was a one off. GMK. GMK. Yeah. That look was was awesome. And, and Godzilla was meant to be more of like a hurricane or a, you know, a force of nature. Um, maybe a little more on the evil side. Well, see, like uh, in Violante, they made his pupils so big that that was actually almost the opposite. It looks like he has just black eyes or dark. Mm -hmm. eyes. You don't really see the white around his eyes. Yeah, I, that is my favorite Godzilla. Well, I don't know. The, the 67, 68 version is kind of cool, too. 68 um, is sort of my nostalgic favorite, but yeah. 64, if someone said, you know, how should Godzilla look? I'd go 64. Mm -hmm. would, do you think that's the most recognizable version of him, would you say? Well, for years, Toho kept pushing the Heisei Godzilla from the 90s as sort of their, what they felt Godzilla should be. In fact, if you go to Toho Studios, there's a statue of Godzilla in the front, which is the Heisei 90s. Mm. But, uh, but they did, after Sony bastardized him in 98, then they came back and did another design like this for Godzilla 2000. And, uh, and again, you know, they, they've since said, you know, Godzilla needs to, they've always said, you know, he needs to have certain features. He's got to have three rows of fins. So he has, you know, which is weird because in some of their films, he doesn't the earlier mm -hmm. film, small, little small rows, but the big in the center. But, um, but a lot of their caveats to how he should look, is basically how he was in the 90s basically yeah you know um and and we'll we'll go back and forth i'm sure but the um actor who portrayed uh godzilla in those early films um bob you've, you had more dealings and met with him far more uh or many times than than karen and i but why don't you go ahead and talk about um Talk about your experiences with him and, um, yeah. You know, I, I've met him a few times at different conventions and things. And, uh, he's great with the, he, he passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago, but mm -hmm. he's great with the fans. A big kick. In fact, today I'm wearing my, uh, Godzilla ring. Oh, nice. For those of you watching on YouTube, and you should be, Bob is showing you his ring. But I have a really cool picture of Nakajima like holding the ring like he's going to eat it. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And then in the 90s, it was uh, Ken Pachiro Satsuma, who's a total nut, complete nut. And uh, he's all, he was always cool at conventions. And then, of course, in the 2000s, we got Sutomo Kitagawa, who was our guest at the last Godzilla Fest. And our first Godzilla Fest and hung out with him in Japan and, you know, great guy. So um, he actually, after our last Godzilla Fest, came out here to this monster garage and hmm. played my Ultraman guitar and played my creature pinball machine and 
uh, hung out in the garage, taking pictures of everything. And yeah, he was, he got a kick out of all of it. That is cool. Um, he's all kind of CGI. Although in uh, the legendary films, you've got TJ Storm, who is the, uh, basically the motion capture actor that runs around in the, in the green leotards of the ping pong balls. So yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have to sweat off 20 pounds. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but he's a great, he's a great guy. He, we had him a couple of our shows and, uh, just last week when I went to the premiere of Godzilla minus one, which I'll talk about later, he showed up. So nice. Yeah. Great guy. I already told him we got big plans for this year. So get ready. He's, he's like, whatever you want, just let me know. I'll come up. Nice. Uh, there are these wonderful photos of Nakajima son, uh, either putting the suit on or taking it off. And he has, you know, cloth wrapped around his head trying to soak up the sweat and you know he's he his stature was small and he was older you know admittedly by the time we met him but you have to think the kind of stamina that that they had to be in that suit for you know a half hour let alone a couple of hours and you know you couldn't hear well you couldn't see well um he could stay in the suit for about 10 minutes oh well see there you go they so so many studio lights and i mean the first suit was basically rubber like actual tire rubber bamboo like bamboo was like holding the shape and all that and uh they had another actor who tried they're supposed to be two actors playing Godzilla and the other one could make it more than about a minute. So Nakajima can make about 10 minutes, but they would also empty out like a pint of sweat in the bottom of the suit. You know, after you get done, he, he would talk about, you know, when they put the little explosions, when the tanks are firing and the suit would get hot, that was like real, you know, little, you know, not dynamite, but still, um, doing scenes in water, if he'd fall over, there was a real danger that he'd drown because you're in this, you know, suit. <laughs> the, the water's coming in. Um, watertight. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the suit, the neck extends over the head. Uh-huh. And the head of Godzilla is like above the head. And so in the neck, there are like little holes. And sometimes when you look at certain stills or you look at you know freeze frame on your 4k tv or something um you can see the little holes in the neck where he's looking out but uh so yeah so you look at like some of these uh scenes where he's coming up out of the water you know and it's like he's got to go down he's got to hold it while they get everything set and ready and then you know they cue him poking whatever one is action and then he comes rising up out of the water but the suits would be the water scenes were always kind of like the last scenes they'd shoot because the suits would just soak up the water in fact in Biolante there's one scene where Godzilla is approaching um, um, Megumi Odaka who plays the psychic girl in there and he looks like a giant road cone because the bottom of the suit had absorbed so much water and the head was... <laughs> yeah. 
That's funny. We uh, we were at a monster palooza and uh, we saw him. Didn't want to bother him because he's he's obviously getting his breakfast, and he was up there telling the guy making omelets and soufflés. You know, he was pointing to himself, Godzilla. You know, Godzilla. <laughs> oh, ah, Godzilla. And his interpreter's like, Oh yeah, Nakajima-san. And oh, yeah. oh, what kind of omelet? Denver. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the it was one of the monster palooza. I think it was one of the first ones that I went to. Um, I had a Facebook, Microsoft Facebook, oh, no Service Pro. Sorry, Service Pro. I was up in the the room and I wasn't getting any reception or anything. I wasn't getting the Wi-Fi, so I went down into the bar area, and I was like checking my email and stuff on the on the Service Pro, and Shinichi Wakasa, who makes the Godzilla suits, he comes walking down. And we kind of knew each other. So he came walking on, he sits down and we're talking, hey, da, 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 da. and then he, he looks up and like waves somebody over. And here comes Nakajima. So Nakajima <laughs> sits down. So the three of us are in there. And it took me a minute or two to realize I'm like, I'm sitting here having a conversation in a bar with Godzilla and the guy who makes Godzilla. That's <laughs> <laughs> surreal. But, yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, let me ask you, you know, discounting suit actors, who's your favorite actor and or actress in a Godzilla film? Uh, hmm. I haven't uh, paid attention to a lot of them, but the first that stands out is the Peanuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from 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 Mothra and uh I don't remember the actual names of the actresses, the the two women. What was that, Bob? Me and Yumi Ito. Okay. Just because I remember the little song. Peanuts. In fact, they were on uh, Ed Sullivan a couple times. Oh, wow. If you look up the Peanuts Ed Sullivan on YouTube, it'll have a couple of their clips on there. I'll have to do that. That's that's cool. Um, you know, I enjoy these films so much. Uh, one of the actors that sticks out, because I actually saw him at a convention, was um, the, the actor who played the android in um, Godzilla versus King Mechagidra. And I can't think of the actor's name. He's an American actor. Uh, but was fluent in Japan, uh, Japanese. He was uh, the M11 android. Yes. And uh, he regaled us with all these like fun stories of, you know, acting and, you know, figuring out what kind of a cyborg actor. Then there was time travel and everything. Um, so, yeah. How about you, Bob? You got a favorite? Um, yeah, I got, I got Robert Scott Field's story for you. Mm. He was supposed to... Uh, come in via Zoom to one of our Godzilla nights. And uh, he was all ready. I had I talked to him. He said, okay, yeah, I'll do it, blah, 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 blah. And then I got the time difference screwed up. And, yeah, oh. You know. Oh. <laughs> but he's pretty cool. He sent me a poster of, uh, like, the Heisei Godzillas and stuff and autographed them. But um, <clears throat> for me, 
actress, yeah, it's, it's sort of the typical fanboy answer, but it would be Kumi Mizuno. <laughs> yeah, she was in Matongo, you know, Attack of Mushroom People, but she was in a uh, small part in King Kong vs. Godzilla. She was the uh, main alien from, you know, from Planet X in Monster Zero. Yeah, they all looked like her. Miss <laughs> uh, Namikawa, his girlfriend in that. Uh, she was also the native girl in uh, Ebera Horror from the Deep, or Godzilla vs. Sea Monster. And she's been in a couple other recent ones as well. Um, actor, I got to say Akira Kubo. Mm. Because when we did Godzilla Fest back in... 2004 and Dave Chapel, who helped us get the guests he's like who do you want and the first person I said was Akira Kubo get Akira Kubo because he hadn't been to any US conventions up to that point and he hasn't been to one since so we were only one who got him as a guest but yeah he played uh, and his roles were so varied because he played Tetsui Terry the inventor in Monster Zero Tetsui telephone yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he played the hero in Destroy All Monsters, the main hero in that. He played the uh, the photographer in Son of Godzilla. He was also a reporter in uh, in Yogg, Monster from Space. Oh. You know, a lot of his role, he was also, he was as well, with Kui Mizuno, he was in uh, Matongo, or Attack of Mushroom People. And his characters weren't always a lot of the Japanese. They get kind of typecast or whatever, and they they get the same kind of okay. He's always going to be a military general. He's always going to be a reporter. He's always whatever. Akira Kubo had I think the most varied characters of, of any of the Godzilla actors. So nice. Thumbs up for Akira. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, you mentioned Godzilla versus uh, the sea monster. Now, that was originally supposed to be a movie featuring King Kong, right? Yeah. And what happened with that, though? Was there a rights issue or something? Well, they had done King Kong versus Godzilla. And then they had rights to, like, another Kong film. But I think at the time when they were going to make Ebera Horror from the Deep, which was about the giant shrimp, and we'll get uh -huh. <laughs> Giant shrimp. <laughs> Everybody says a crab. And I've argued for years, he's not a crab. He's no, it looks like a shrimp. I thought it was a lobster. When you go to a sushi restaurant and you order shrimp, what are you ordering? What's the, the word that you order? Ebi. Ebi is shrimp. And then ra is usually put, you know, goji ra, you know, ebi ra, that's like makes it it's a bit giant or big. So, you know, ebi was shrimp. And then Ebi Ra. It looks like a shrimp yeah. in the pictures. Um, at the time, Rankin Bass was doing that, uh, the, doing the King Kong cartoon. Mm -hmm. Ten times as big as a man. And uh, they approached Toho about doing a movie version of the cartoon, which eventually became King Kong Escapes. Right. So I think they put off Kong for that, and then they just inserted Godzilla into uh, into Ebera Horror of the Deep. But um, 
if you look at it, they didn't really rewrite any of it. Mm-hmm. Fights a giant condor. He fights jets. He uh, has a scene where he's like enamored by Kumi Mizuno and he's, you know, sitting on the rock and stuff. It's like, all right, that's kind of a Kong. Yeah. Godzilla doesn't usually do that. Some, you know, girl on an island. So, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's fun. It's a fun film. In fact, Akira Takarada, who's one of the stars of the film, in Godzilla versus the Sea Monster dub, do you know who dubbed his voice? His voice was dubbed by Hal Linden. <laughs> There's been a lot of famous actors that have dubbed uh, George Takei. Uh, my friend Keith and I, when we met him, it was actually at um, it was actually at the Egyptians' 50th anniversary Guzzle event thing, and uh, we were sitting there talking to him about because he dubbed H Man, Rodan, he did voices in Gita the Three Headed Monster. Mm-hmm. We were talking about him talking to him about that and he was jazzed he was like all about it because here's somebody not asking him about star trek something else it's hilarious yeah going on and on about that um key luke who was in uh kung fu and he also did the voice of zoltar in battle of the planets he did some of those early films we were watching uh enter the dragon on uh, TCM last night, and he dubbed Mr. Han. That's right. In that film, yeah. Nice. Right out of a comic book. Out of a comic book, man. <laughs> Still a great movie. So um, let me ask you guys this. Oh, go ahead, Bob. A Godzilla film, but the Mysterians. Hmm. Larry mentioned back when videotapes were like 80, 85 bucks. I paid $85 for a Betamax copy of the Mysterians. Pre-recorded, whatever. Anyway, um, the the head Mysterian, his voice was done by Ted Baxter. Oh, wow. <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of voices for like uh, a lot of the um, Hanna-Barbera cartoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he talked about Hanna-Barbera uh, Godzilla. They didn't did not use Godzilla's roar in that. Mm-hmm. You know who did the roar for Godzilla? Ted Baxter. Close. <laughs> Ted Castle. Ah. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah, for Hanna Barbera too, all the time. He did the he did the theme song for Adam Ant. Open Adam, it's Adam Ant, and, and all that. So, yeah, he did the uh, the Godzilla roar. Nice. That was the equation. That was the equation. I just saw that Star Trek episode the other day. But, um, yeah, so it's kind of fun to find out who did little voices and who did, you know, different things for Godzilla films and that. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, let's see. What what else can we... All right, what's your favorite scene in a Godzilla film? Hmm. Maybe something Godzilla did or... Some building he smashed, or some monster he fought, or that's a tough. There's so many. For me, it would have to be when he comes out of the dirt on the beach in Godzilla versus the Thing, or Mothra versus Godzilla. That appearance, just the way he comes up 
out of the sand and then he like shakes it off and starts marching towards the city. I think that's uh, that's classic. I love it. I'm going to stick with the volcano scene from Violante. Another good entrance. Well, this is sort of weird, but the first thing that popped into my head <laughs> was when he was trying to teach little Manella to stand up for himself. <laughs> and he was like stamping on his tail and stuff. You know, they yeah. did versions of that. Oh, yeah? They did the original scene in Son of Godzilla. And then they redid it with the 1968 suit for Guzzle's Revenge. Huh. Well, Revenge, it was a ton of stock footage, but when they did that scene, they actually reshot it, which was huh. kind of I wonder why. Why did they feel the need to reshoot it? Unless they just wanted to make the suit look... And again, they, they showed scenes from Sea Monster and the scenes from other stuff that the suit looked totally different, but maybe they just thought the Son of Godzilla suit looked so different that... They needed to redo it. Interesting. Now, was Manila supposed to be a combination of, was it mini Godzilla? Well, you know, in uh, Japan, it's Gojira, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was M-I-N-I-R-A, mini-ra. Mm -hmm. Gojira, mini-ra. And then when it came over here, they just kind of anglicized it to Minya. But, yeah. I yeah, because I've seen different names for the little character. I've seen Minya, I've seen Manila, and I think there's one other one, too. I've never been sure. Like, what is the official name of the son? Godzuki. Uh, you name. watch it, mister. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's Minya or Minira. Okay. Let me ask you guys something. Uh, it's going to be harder for Bob to answer, but do you have a favorite Godzilla collectible? And why is it your favorite? Well, am I starting off or someone else? Who, who, if, if you think well, you got one, Bob, I know you got a lot to pick from. I don't have it here. No? I'll, I'll start off. Uh, unfortunately, start off. I'm not trying to start off on a negative note but it was lost in the fire oh no yeah it was a thousand piece puzzle and it had the heisei no it had the posters leading up to the heisei series violante it didn't go past violante i think and and it just had it was like the art of the battle or something like that and it was the background was godzilla scaly skin and then it had the posters lined up and i loved that thing that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm on the hunt when I go to thrift stores and flea markets. And, and you, you owe me a list of the books you lost so I can forever buy you birthday and Christmas <laughs> gifts. So Thank you. I, I will work on that. Yeah. So here he is. That's huge. Is that your child? Your love <laughs> child? <laughs> the turtle came out of his shell. <laughs> Now, when we went to Japan, I won't get too far into this, so as not to uh, so as not to cause waves. But um, I missed out on like three big Godzillas when we went to Japan. And that was my kind of one of my goals going to Japan. I wanted a nice big Godzilla, and I kind of missed out on like three of them. And so when we got back. Kevin had 
built this model and painted it like silver screen style because it's the original 1954 Godzilla and he painted it in, in quote black and white. Uh, this was, he did this for our first Godzilla Fest back in 2004 and, uh, Yuki over at Kimono My House had like a styrofoam structure of the Transamerica Pyramid from San Francisco. <laughs> so we had him standing next to Transamerica's Pyramid as a display. So when we got back, uh, Kevin offered to sell this to me for nice. Japan. So, um, so yeah, so this is a sentimental favorite of mine. And he's big and he's cool. And uh, yeah. Yeah, That's if you're in the background of all the episodes, if you're only listening, Bob was holding up a an enormous Godzilla, about three feet tall. Yeah, but you shouldn't. And you should be on YouTube watching. You should do both. Why not do yeah. both? And uh, both. And like and subscribe and share with your friends. Join the cult. <laughs> Well, Walker, I don't know what you're going to pick, but one of your favorite collectibles that I envy, <laughs> I don't know, you probably don't have it. Go, it with, go ahead and say it. That it's little probably... metal Godzilla yes. belly opens up and there's like a military base. That thing, I love that thing. I thought I had it here in the um, the bar. It must be still in storage. There's still some things in storage. But yeah, I got, not sure if it was bulwark. Bob would probably know, but it was a little metallic Godzilla I got over in my uh, display case. So I can't really get it without it would take me a while to get it out of it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, four or five inches tall. It's Godzilla, yeah. Godzilla, Ghidra, Baragon and Gigan. It was like a whole set. Yeah. Well, I got it back in like, I want to say, oh, 84 when I went to the San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. And it was the most unusual thing I had seen. Yeah, and it opens up, and there's like a little base inside. There was a tank. There was a little SR-71 Blackbird. There was a little thing that telescoped out. It had missiles that shot out. I think I maybe have one missile left. Um, yeah, it was an incredibly cool. And uh been dragging that thing around with me for, for years and years. Awesome. Um, Another thing I had, though, that I really loved, which uh, my friend Paul sent me, uh, Paul lived in Pomona, and he would go to the Japan town in L.A. He sent me this book, and it was all little paper um, foldouts. You could take the paper, and you could fold. Um, like origami? Yeah, well, sort of. I, it would show you. It had directions. It was photographs, or, of basically, of like the, or drawings of the different kaiju, and you could like cut and tape them together of like Godzilla and Rodan and all of them. And so I would put them together. I hung a few up from my ceiling and those were really neat. But of course they didn't survive, <laughs> you know, many decades later, but those were really cool too. That's cool. Well, you know, as I think about it, I am wearing, can't see it that well. So I'll stand up. This was from oh. Roosevelt's. Roosevelt is a shirt company online, and this was offered at this year's Comic-Con. And it's Godzilla with King Caesar and Jet Jaguar and Ghidorah and 
Mothra, and it's one of my favorite new Godzilla collectibles. It's very nice. I plan on wearing it at the next Godzilla Fest. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the bootleg Godzilla shirt on today. So. <laughs> I tend I have... to try to oh, buy, nice. buy bootlegs of uh, artists that I know, but this one was just so damn cool. I should send Shinji Nishikawa like $40 and say, I'm sorry, I bought this shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my friends, uh, with sharing all of our favorite collectibles, that uh, might be a good time to transition into our sensor sweep, unless there's any last thoughts or Thanksgiving uh, things you'd like to say uh, before we switch over. Well, I mean, if it wasn't for Godzilla... I probably wouldn't be putting on all these crazy shows I put on. I've gone to Japan. I wouldn't have met some of my best friends. So thank you, Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, like I said, I mean, oh, go ahead, Bob. So if it wasn't for Godzilla, I'd have a whole lot more money, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not, because I know Bob is a big fan of James Bond, um, you know, the original Batman series. I've, I've been to Bob's house several times, so I've seen, you know, his monster collection, Creature from the Black Lagoon, extensive. No. But, but I, I will say, Bob, the, the king of it all is is your Godzilla collection and the kaiju, so. And just, you know, going places and doing things that, you know, something I did last week I wouldn't have done, and I'll talk about that in the censor suite. But. Yeah. Uh, like I said, um, before any of of this, you know, I've met George Lucas. I've met Bill Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, um, you know, Carrie Fisher. And, and I'm not taking I, I, I love my fandom. I love my but Godzilla was my first love and, and still is uh, very dear uh, to me. And um, it just, it's been so much fun watching these films. And, you know, a lot of it is finding the collectibles, finding the bootleg VHS that they burned off of a, a laser disc copy. And, you know, it was, it would slip them $25 in an envelope and they'd put the tape on the other side of the counter. It was this cloak and dagger stuff for a 12 year old. It was like amazing, but um it, it is a very enjoyable. If you've never seen a Godzilla movie, maybe you've only seen the the Monarch and the God. You know, and I'm taking away taking away from the American Godzilla. God forbid you've only seen the Matthew Broderick uh, Godzilla. <laughs> Go back to the beginning. Enjoy those films for what they were meant to be. Mm-hmm. What about you, Walker? Hey, yeah. I mean, Godzilla is a genuine icon that transcends. Uh, all nationalities, ages, whatever, you know, you can find Godzilla everywhere. Godzilla is on The Simpsons. Godzilla gets mentioned on the news. You know, Godzilla has definitely permeated the consciousness of of people. And next year will be, I think it's next year will be the 70th, correct me if I'm wrong, anniversary. So, uh, you know, and Godzilla's still going strong. So I think there's something here that really speaks to people on a, a very primal level. And it's uh, whether you're, you know, six years old or 60 years old. And so I don't see any end in sight for Godzilla. And uh, as somebody once said, go, go Godzilla. 
Yes, well said. Well, um, this was a fun episode. Uh, they're all fun, but you know, <laughs> each subsequent one becomes even more fun. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, and are thankful for Godzilla. We're going to get into our sensor suite. And uh, Bob's got the, the grand ball of all sensor uh, sweeps. So, Chief, take it away and we'll follow after. Well, um, perhaps I should start off with what I did on my late summer fall vacation. Um, last Friday, I was able to go down to L.A. and went to the... Uh, Directors Guild of America Theater and saw the premiere of Godzilla Minus One. This is the red carpet premiere. Uh, Takashi uh, Yamashita, Takashi the director, was there. The main star was there. Uh, even like Michael Doherty, who, did Godzilla, who directed Godzilla King of the Monsters, was there. Had a nice chat with him. He was a guest in our 2019 show. TJ Storm was there, you know, yucked it up with him. Um, just a blast. So I had the, uh, that's the ticket. Ooh. Minus one. And the press pass. Ooh. So we got to, uh, I went down with Keith. Uh, Keith and I do sci uh, fi japan.com. And so we went down as press. We got to uh, bypass all the people. We got there. They said, get there at 6. Movie starts at 8.30. And we got there at 6, and it was packed. <laughs> Just the red carpet was packed. Everything was packed. So we checked in. They took us right down through everybody and put us right on the red carpet. We saw everybody is there coming by. And for whatever reason, I mean, a lot of these people on the red carpet were like YouTube influencers and people that had nothing to do with Godzilla. And, you know, they're coming up and this group next to us was interviewing each one. And this girl comes up, you know, and he, you know, they're like, oh, what was your first Godzilla film? This one. You know, and it's like, oh. So I, we, you know, pass, let her go, pass. Um, <laughs> Doherty came in with Seth Green, of all people. Hmm. So uh, Seth Green and my friend Keith, they're good buddies from when Keith was living in LA. So he came up and talked to us for a while and had his big reunion with Keith. They hadn't seen each other in a while. Then we went and saw the movie. Holy crap. We're on a stick. Um, it's great. Uh, this comes out here in the U S there's a fan event on November 29th. And then it plays December 30th through, I think, December 7th. This is going to play for a week in a lot of the Regal theaters. It was originally supposed to be in IMAX theaters, but Beyonce is now on my shit list. <laughs> stupid concert film is taking up all the IMAX theaters and bumped Godzilla. Oh, no. Godzilla Minus One, you know, I saw it just in a regular theater. I thought, I got to see this in IMAX. And now it's like, pff, won't be able to. It will play well, in IMAX on the 29th, but Debbie and I have tickets for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra that night. Mm -hmm. so can't go and see it in IMAX. But Sounds like we won't have a thankful for Beyonce episode in the future. 
Well, you know, Beyonce knocked off Godzilla and Taylor Swift is knocking off the Beatles. So what can be done? Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> so, yeah, so this one very much recommended. Uh, Yamashita, the director, is basically he did such films as Space Battleship Yamato, the live action version. He did Loop on the Third, the first. He did Always, one, two, and three. And uh, he also did a, a film about the making of the Yamato, which uh, dramatization, not Space Battleship Yamato, but the original Japanese World War II battleship, the Yamato. Mm. And uh, very strong. He always has very strong characters. This one follows a kamikaze pilot who kind of deserted his post. He basically faked that something was wrong with his plane and landed rather than do the kamikaze thing and commit suicide, ramming, whatever. Um, so, of course, through the film, he has to kind of prove himself as he goes along. But um, the characters in this, very strong. It uh, takes place in 1946, just after World War II. So the whole idea is the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Japan is at zero. And then Godzilla shows up, so that puts it at minus one. So that's where the tile Godzilla minus one comes from. Um, and then also starting, well, I guess it has started November 17th. They show the first two episodes of Monarch Leg Legacy of Monsters, which is the uh, legendary TV series. And it's not, you know, it's Godzilla is in it. I've seen, I've got press screenings of the first eight episodes. And he's in it, and he has some cool scenes, and he has one really major episode. But it basically, the, the whole idea is it flashes back between the 1950s and 2015, the year after the first Godzilla attack on San Francisco. And... uh it basically tells the story of how Monarch was created and came about and then what it has become in 2015. And uh, I think the brilliant thing that they did was there's this one uh, character, Lee Shaw, and uh, he's played both in the 50s and in 2015 by two actors. 2015 is Kurt Russell. 1950s is Wyatt Russell. So um, just seeing him and his father in the same thing, exact same acting styles. They look very similar. It's just an amazing bit of casting to put the two of them in there, playing the same character, you know, 50 years, 70 years apart, whatever it is. So, that's pretty neat. That's very cool. And then, of course, I'm thinking Keith and I will probably go back down to L.A. for another premiere in April, because we have Godzilla, Godzilla against Kong, the sequel to Godzilla versus Kong. And uh, that'll be out. And because 2024 is the 70th anniversary of Godzilla, we will, of course, have Godzilla Fest in August. And I have a phone call this week. Maybe I can talk about it more in the next episode. I have a phone call this week which may lead to a huge Godzilla event coming up next year. Oh. Keep that in mind. Very neat. So that's my 
my sensor suite. Sounds good. Well, Walker, would you like to go next or should I go next or? Do you want me to take the hit after all of that? I'll go ahead and do it. I'll take one for the team. No, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I, I have no I got, problem. I'll, I'm, I'm good. Okay. That, right. that's, that was pretty impressive, Bob. And, oh, yeah. and I'm glad to hear that. Well, I figured yeah, Bob pretty much shoots straight. If he didn't like the movie, he would tell us so. Mm -hmm. Oh, minus mm -hmm. one. Oh, I'm saying... Uh, you're going to like it. Okay. Yeah, I can't so wait. I have to scoot out and, and catch that. As far as the camera and roars, you'll be shaken out of your seat. <laughs> I'll go, right. damn you, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. Well, I was just going to share. I dug this out for the show. I've had this for, I don't know, 20 years plus. This Ooh. is the official Godzilla Compendium, actually a, a magazine, but uh, it's got all kinds of great Godzilla reference material in here. Uh, it goes over, uh, well, it covers the movies that it had up till then. This is produced in uh, 1998, so <laughs> not all of the movies. Then it has... Um, some articles on the different suits. Um, one of the things that was really cool is it has some different art by Art Adams mm. of Godzilla and some of the other monsters. Um, so it has, you know, different different monsters or characters from Godzilla films. And Very nice. And let me say, those of you that are listening and not on YouTube, Karen is showing pages from within the book. So, uh, and then it has movie posters reproduced inside. Nice. So it's kind of a cool, cool little thing that I have no idea where I picked it up. <laughs> Probably in Berkeley. I was living there back then. So, so yeah. Those posters were on that puzzle I was telling you about. Ah. No, very colorful. Well, what you got? Uh, well, for those of you, those of you watching on YouTube, your planet <laughs> intrepid crew gave influenced in. me to start watching the Invaders. I have the first season DVD. Existence and uh, what's that, Bob? Existence was futile. <laughs> You know, what's funny is uh, having watched X-Files and Kolchak and the Night Gallery and Twilight Zone and Outer Limits. And when they're saying uh, in this show, uh, architect David Vincent. So I was thinking this is an alien term or a government secret operative term. He's an architect. So he's no, he's just an architect. <laughs> Greatest realization slash let down in the history of watching. I'm like, he's just an architect. He's just an architect. He, he took the wrong turn one day. That was basically, you know, took the wrong turn. And but it really has nothing to do with what he does in chasing down these aliens. Mm. So, nothing uh, to do with architecture. <laughs> um. But I will say I've gotten through like the first two or three 
episodes. And this is a Quinn Martin production because the drama is pretty thick. Um, Roddy McDowell started in this one episode and not only a spoiler alert, not only does his father die halfway through the episode, Roddy dies at the end. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is like <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Well, they're, they're right. not necessarily predictable. There's a lot of guest stars that you'll recognize from TV of that time period. A lot of Star Trek guest stars. Um, and it's it feeds into the same sort of paranoia uh, as X-Files, too. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, one of the fun things uh, with one of the episodes. So he's thinking that this, you know, one person is an alien and this one girl is not an alien and it turns out that the sheriff was human and the girl was an alien and he totally misread it and was a lot it's of just like twist in that yeah yeah it's, it's kind of you know half x-files half soap opera kind of to me it's like you know no actually not so far maybe more like um dark shadows um hmm. yeah but anyway, it, it, it's a lot of fun. So I'm I'm enjoying a couple look, of episodes. Look at the now. cars. I like looking at the cars. I like looking at like the um, uh, when you look at like the living rooms and other uh, stuff. You know that there's like ashtrays everywhere, and <laughs> you know look at the lamps. It's like oh yeah, I remember my grandparents had a lamp like that or whatever. It's just those '60s stylings you know bring back a lot of well if you're of a certain age they'll bring back certain memories and it's funny yeah. because you watch it and it's like okay he's got to get a hold of somebody so watching it in today's sensibility you realize oh that's right he doesn't have cell phones back then <laughs> he's got to go find a pay phone or he's gonna right right he's well, looking know, through the phone book yeah yeah or he knows someone who knows someone who can you know look up interpol or whatever um this it, it's it's fun to watch day of the jackal is another uh well it's a film mm -hmm. uh, about the assa planned assassination the plot to kill president de gaulle and they, there was no phone no cell phones no fax machines no computers and they're doing all this like investigative work and and that to me is is half of the movie um so yeah i i enjoy what what our architect friend goes through to uh <laughs> build a case uh to, against these aliens and you know the whole funny thing about the, the pinky finger and you know the first episode is like he notices their pinkies and it's like, you know, okay. So, and then the special effects are pretty cool because the guy was meant to look like he was glowing. So they put flashlights in his palms and you see the back of his hands, not his palms, but it flashes on his face and body. And I'm like, Oh, that's a cool effect. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's practical. And, and your eye is not, you know, finding the trick, it, it, you know, in some CGI, it's like, nah, it's not real. Um, so yeah, this, this will be an interesting episode maybe to, uh, be thankful for next year. Just kidding. We won't wait that long. <laughs> we'll do an episode, but do you see who does the music for the invaders? Yes. Um, who also does the outer limits. 
Yes. Um, I, matter of fact, I was looking to see if I can find like a, a soundtrack of, of some type. And I can find one. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't find it. But I'm I, kind of surprised that like La La Land or uh, like, well, they would be my primary suspect for putting yeah. something together like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you in some of the very early episodes, I think he completely lifted uh, musical sequences from Outer Limits and just plugged them into those episodes because I was like, I, I know I've heard this in Outer Limits. Entrada would be another. Oh, yeah. Entrados. Yeah. Um, it's funny. On a side note, we were watching Kingdom of the Spiders and, and Jasmine's like, I've heard this music before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you sure have. Jasmine discovered Twilight Zone about a year ago. And so she's burning through all the episodes. She's gone through everything once and is rewatching a second time. And the music from the intruders or the invaders is the soundtrack for Kingdom of the Spiders. So, <laughs> and it works very effectively. But, um, you know, we've talked about stuff like this before, like Crawl and mm -hmm. the Kingdom of the Spiders soundtrack and just pretend it's Invaders. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll uh we'll get into we'll get into the invaders at some point in the future thank you guys very much for being persistent um one of the things that uh chief um recommends we don't watch would be blue beetle so <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we won't be doing a on max and it's like i said i told debbie oh well, we watch blue beetle and she did about halfway through i logged through the whole thing but it was <laughs> pretty bad huh yeah so i would recommend i would recommend not doing an episode on blue beetle <laughs> that's fine by me i haven't seen it yet so <laughs> saved you guys the time yeah yeah well my friends um absent any last minute anecdotes uh this is going to bring this episode to a conclusion yeah and uh, not only are we thankful for Godzilla, uh, we're thankful for each other. Um, this podcast is more and more fun. It's uh, very stressful to get these episodes together, but the payoff is more than worth it. And we're thankful for all you guys listening and supporting us and commenting, um, sharing, um, listening and watching. And we wish you a very, very happy and safe thanksgiving and uh we're looking forward to our december episodes we got some good stuff cooking and um yeah this is uh your mission commander signing off chief engineer bob reconnaissance officer karen take care on that note this will conclude this transmission from planet eight we would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planetatepodcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet 8 Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Planet 8 Podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off. 
End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. Godzilla.